At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Now, here's a topic I'm going to get a lot of flack over, I'm sure, but I think it's an important one. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to talk about coping versus healing. Coping versus healing. What's the difference between the two and what should the ratio be? Now, first of all, whatever your coping mechanism is, as long as it's not alcohol or drugs, whatever your coping mechanism is, coping makes room for healing. Coping makes room for healing. So if that's what you got to do to get through the day, that's coping. The danger with coping, though, is anything can become an addiction, just about anything. So whatever it is that you're using for coping mechanisms, you have to make darn sure that those coping mechanisms are healthy, that they're healthy, that they're not doing harm to yourself or those around you. I've often heard of different coping mechanisms being referred to as healing, and it's just not. And that's the danger of getting the two mixed up, which is why I want to do coping versus healing. For instance, um, I have a motorcycle. I just picked up another one because wind therapy is a real thing. It's a fantastic way to get your mind off of everything else other than the road. Because when you're on the road on a motorcycle, it seems like everybody's trying to kill you. So that is where all of your attention is. And you'd think that would cause more anxiety, but it doesn't. There's something extremely therapeutic and relaxing about going for a motorcycle ride. Uh, getting out there, the wind in your face, it's really fantastic. However, even something like that, if you are no longer spending time with your children, with your spouse, and you're spending all your time on, on the bike, well, uh, that could be a problem. That's something to really look at, whether... It's spending all your time on the golf course or whatever your coping mechanism is that gets you through. You're going to have to really look at it honestly with yourself. Before I started with therapy, I was taking the dog to the dog park once or twice a day, spending quite a bit of time there. And that's the type of thing that used to recharge my batteries. It used to be a great coping mechanism, getting into the bush and um, walking around in the mountains in the forest, or just anywhere outdoors going for a walk. But for a while, what actually for years, I started realizing that it wasn't recharging my batteries anymore. I was numb. It wasn't helping. And that's a bummer, because when your coping mechanism doesn't work anymore, uh-oh, now what? And this is where you have to focus on the healing. Healing happens in a few different ways. So... Healing, you need professional help for healing. Professional help, properly trained peer support, two great ways to get on the path of healing. And through the therapy, through peer support, there's a couple of main pillars that hopefully you find the strength and the wisdom to incorporate into your life. One is reframing. So whatever your traumatic event was, looking at it in a different way. 
The late great Wayne Dyer used to say that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Now, that might make a great bumper sticker, but it actually also happens to be true. So one of the tools of therapy and one of the things that happens in peer support as well, at least in our group, is we look at different ways of looking at something. So if you're looking at something through a lens that is destructive to your life, that is negative, that is not helping you or anybody else, well, maybe there's a different way to look at it. And people struggle with this. It's not easy because people like to hang on to the negative like you can't believe. And if you've been victimized, there are a lot of people out there that get addicted to that victim mentality and they can't let go of it. When you realize that being a victim is a place, victimhood is a place, and you can get up and you can move away from it to a different place, a place where you're a champion, where you're the one who has overcome, that is actually a choice. It wasn't a choice to be traumatized, it wasn't a choice to, a choice to be victimized, it wasn't a choice to be treated horribly or to experience a trauma of any sort. That's not the choice, but how you deal with it is a choice. How you deal with it is, in fact, a choice. So you got to decide, am I going to stay a victim? And it, if you don't think you're a victim, well, let's do a little test on that. Who are you mad at? The moral injury of PTSD is a bugger. It amplifies, it's a force amplifier for any major traumatic event. Are you still mad at the person that did, did you wrong? Or could have even caused a death? Could have caused great pain? Are you still mad at that person? Because if you are, you're a victim. There's no separating that. If you're still mad at the asshole that did something terrible to you, then you're a victim. The reason people don't let go, and this is, <laughs> this is part of the healing process. If you don't let go, then you cannot go through the healing process. If you cannot forgive the person, you can't go through the healing process. And the reason people don't forgive the offender is because they feel that it's somehow letting them off the hook. And it's not. It does not let the offender off the hook. Whoever did you wrong is not losing sleep because they did you wrong. They don't freaking care. Might not even remember your name. So if you're still angry with this person, whoever that is, even if it's a spouse, whoever you're angry at, if you're angry at them and that's where your focus is, then you're a victim. You've chosen that place. You've chosen that perspective. And I know it's easier said than done. It's not easy to leave the place that is victimhood, especially when it's fresh, especially when it's fresh. When somebody's done something really bad, really nasty, really evil, especially if it's specific towards you, it is really hard to forgive them. But here's how you do it. First, you try to look at things from their perspective. Incredibly difficult to do, but that is a big part of it. 
because chances are pretty good that that horrible thing they did to you, you're saying, I would have never done that to you. Well, you don't know that because you're not them. If you were them and you're really in their boots, then you would have done exactly the same thing because you had the same backstory. So it doesn't matter if you would have done that same thing to them. That's not what it's about. They did what they did for their own reasons, because of their own backstory. You have to forgive it, because if you don't, bitterness is what you're hanging on to. And here's one to write down and remember and say a thousand times. Bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It doesn't hurt them that you're bitter. It hurts you that you're bitter. It hurts you and those around you because that bitterness sweats off you like a stink, like really bad body odor. And all those closest to you, your children, those you love, your spouse, whoever's closest to you, your friends, whoever that is for you, they can smell that stink coming off you, that foul stench of bitterness. They can smell it. And when somebody has just got the worst BO, they might be a wonderful person that you love, but you're going to start avoiding them a little bit, aren't you? That's the stink of bitterness. It's a terrible smell. And that's what you're doing. The only way to clean up and have a shower, there's only one way. It's to actually say out loud to your offender, not maybe to their face, but just in your own mind or your own voice or during a walk. Offender, I'm not agreeing with what you did, but I forgive you for it. You had your reasons. And God will sort you out in the end. It's not for me to sort you out. That's what karma or God or judgment or heaven or hell or whatever your belief system is. The universe will sort that out one way or the other. Being bitter is not going to sort it out. It's not going to harm the other person. And if you're not willing to at least get on the path of forgiveness, I'm not saying you have to forgive right now in this moment. You should. But that's hard. I know it's hard. I know that. But if you don't at least start on that path, start working towards forgiveness, then you're not working towards healing. If you're not working towards healing, all you have left is coping. And coping ain't going to get you there. Coping makes room for healing. It does not replace healing. You have to learn how to forgive before you can move on. And if you can't do it for yourself, do it for those that you love the most. Because right now they can smell the stink of bitterness on you. And it is affecting them. And it's probably causing them to avoid you, at least a little bit. I'm your OPSO, Mark Mankey. This is Operation Tango Romeo. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. 
with a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. 